Welcome to Mind Love, episode 218. Today's episode is all about the power of grounding and neutral energy fields. How do we preserve our authentic selves while also meshing and interplaying with others' energy constantly? Is having an awareness of what is grounding in general, right? Knowing what grounding is in general, and then especially having a practice, like a personal practice of knowing how to ground oneself that's integrated, especially as an empath. I had to learn about grounding electrical engineer style of like, okay, let me look at circuitry in electrical engineering. That's where the word grounding comes from. It doesn't just come like out of Reiki or any of the energy arts. It actually comes from electrical engineering. Turn up your frequency with Mind Love. Bite-sized brain hacks for seekers, dreamers, and doers. It's time to give your mind a little love with your host, Melissa Monti. Hello, love. If you haven't subscribed yet, hit that cute little button. Subscribing, sharing, and five-star reviews are really a great way to give back if you find this show helpful. They help the show climb the charts, which helps me get even more amazing guests for you. Today, I would like to share a review from Jamie Runs 214 who says, Mind Love is one of the best podcasts I've ever listened to. Usually the hosts just ask questions and I listen mostly to the guests, but I find myself just as intrigued, if not more, by Melissa's perspective. She clearly lives what she shares about and she's open and relatable, even with her struggles. Thank you, Melissa, for changing my life. Oh, Jamie, I loved this review so much. Thank you so much from the bottom of my heart for taking the time to write this. Each one of these really does light up my day and I'm so grateful. And now on to the show. Energy is everything. No, seriously, it's everything because everything is energy. I was just reading how touch is actually an illusion. Think about it. Everything is made up of energy. And what we think of as a solid, immovable object is just particles in really rapid movement so tiny that we can't see it. At the atomic level, everything is really just hovering around each other. So when you feel like you're touching something, it's really just a result of electron repulsion and the electromagnetic field that surrounds us all. Pretty cool, right? Whenever I feel stuck in my life, I remind myself of that. Every part of my being is in movement right now, so how can I be stuck? My mind is just creating that illusion too, along with everything else in my reality. Our minds are powerful creators, whether we like it or not. Our minds can create anything, but without conscious management of it, it can also create a lot of problems. Every problem we have is in our minds. Yeah, I know. There is a lot of screwed up things in the world, and a lot of us have had some pretty screwed up things that have happened to us. But ever notice how two people can be living with the same circumstances, but it's only a problem for one of them? That's because it's not the circumstances, however bad they are, that create the problem. It's our thought about it that creates the problems. Our thoughts create the anxiety, the dread, the fear, the worry, guilt, hopelessness, despair. And that's a hard pill to swallow. I have definitely been in situations where I'd like to argue with that point. Like, yo self, remember sitting in a jail cell pretty sure you ruined your life because you allowed yourself to be manipulated by the criminal you were sleeping with? But then I would step back and ask myself, well, how many of my thoughts contributed to me being in that situation? Or what's actually happening regarding that situation to me right now while I'm sitting on my couch thinking about it? What am I even thinking about right now? And is any of that really happening? Or is there another way to think about it that will help me get up and make a new choice toward a different direction? Even when it doesn't seem that easy, it's usually your thoughts that are convincing you that there's nothing to be done. One of my favorite books is Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl. He survived the Holocaust, and he started connecting with other survivors. Well, he became interested in why some seemed to be just broken by the terrible experience, while others went on to live happy, fulfilled lives. What he found was that the ones who were doing well were able to find some sort of meaning in their experience. Maybe it led them to a higher purpose or connected them to their strength. 
It didn't even really matter as much what that meaning was, but that it meant something for the person who found it. That meaning anchored their experience into something greater, some greater source maybe. Whenever I'm feeling anxious or depressed, it's a sign that I'm imbalanced. I'm either spending too much time in my ego instead of my source or my higher self, or I'm spending too much time in my mind instead of my body. And a lot of times those are one and the same. When I'm in my mind, I am in my ego. It's hard to feel connectedness to everything around me because this is me and these are my problems and I am separate from you in this moment. So much of our lives plays out in our head these days. We're on our phones and computers instead of living and feeling and doing in our bodies. So we feel through our minds. We feel pain through our minds. And usually that's anxiety or depression or jealousy, envy, unfairness, hopelessness. We even have VR headsets now so we can have a body all in our minds. I'm actually very concerned about the metaverse If we think childhood depression and anxiety is high now, this doesn't seem like a good plan, but that's not what this episode is about. When I'm feeling anxious or depressed, I either connect to source through meditation or I connect to my body through grounding or movement. And I hear you out there, but Melissa, isn't meditation going into our minds even more? Not really, because it's a practice of disengaging with the thoughts allowing them to pass without attachment. So you're practicing releasing the ego and connecting to source. Or I use movement or grounding practices like yoga or walking barefoot on earth, eating root vegetables, putting my hands in the dirt. To be honest, I used to think that this was a little woo-woo, which is totally fine by me anyways. I love the woo. My life started changing when I embraced the woo. So I will woo all over this floor spiritually speaking, that is. But today, we're going to actually get into some of the science of it, along with a thousand other fascinating things. And our guest is Victoria Whitfield. She's a sensei, a published author, a successful six-figure energy healer. Wow, that was hard to say for someone with a very minor lisp. (laughs) Well, she helps people get connected to their natural intuition and truly be visionary so they can work less and increase their impact. Three key things we will learn are how to stop being an emotional sponge, reframing your feelings of being too much or not enough, and the science of grounding. If there's one topic that keeps coming up in my women's circles, it's our hormones. Frankly, I think that between years of birth control or beauty products that mess with endocrine function, a lot of us are just out of whack. Estro Control is a formula developed by Happy Mammoth, a supplement company dedicated to making women's lives easier. It has science-backed herbal extracts that help support hormonal health, especially in women who suffer from PMS. The way EstroControl eases PMS is pretty interesting. The ingredients support the liver, and that's where our hormones get processed, especially estrogen. So when the estrogen isn't processed well in the liver, women may start having PMS, spots on the skin, they get cravings, they feel low all of a sudden. EstroControl was created to help women feel like themselves all throughout the month because PMS can basically rob us of a week of our lives every month. Totally not fair. EstroControl is made specifically for women who are premenopausal, so it's perfect for women that haven't entered menopause yet. And in fact, it's amazing for perimenopause when hormones start to fluctuate and PMS can turn into a beast. I have been relearning myself postpartum. I just started my period again when my baby was 10 months and I forgot how wild these hormone changes can be. I wanted something to just maintain optimal hormone levels and help with mild mood swings, and EstroControl is perfect for this. For a limited time, you can get 15% off your entire first order at happymammoth.com with promo code MINDLOVE at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use promo code MINDLOVE for 15% off your first order. And now let's welcome Victoria Whitfield to the show. My pleasure to be here. I'm so excited. (laughs) So give us a little background on you. What got you interested in energy work and helping entrepreneurs through that? How did you become aligned with your current life path? Oh, my. Yeah. So my initial inspiration um, came from getting hurt. (laughs) 
I know for many healers, they come into their healing work by getting hurt. Um, originally, I was introduced to Reiki because I got trapped in a window while I was at work. Like the window broke and fell on my fingers, um, which was super painful. Uh, long story short, it happened because I had a problem asking for help while I was at work. Um, I missed my window of opportunity to like ask for help to open the window or to maybe, you know, miss my window of opportunity to ask for help, you know, especially on a hot day trying to like create, you know, a little bit difference in the temperature in the room. Instead, I was like, I'm going to open the window by myself. And I had before in the past, but this was the day that it broke uh, and fell on my fingers. And it was super painful. And in that moment, being trapped in the window, I had an epiphany. Weirdly enough, like all the blood had like left my ability to scream. So while I was like hanging out waiting for, for help to come on its way, I had this realization that I had got myself into this. And I wanted, I wanted a way out. I wanted a way out. And when finally my boss came around and was like banging on the window trying to get me out of it, there was this moment of clarity that I had that said, you know what? If I don't come out of this, I won't be able to see my nephew. I love my nephew. And so I'm going to come out of this. Now, forgive me for the, for the graphicness of what I'm about to say, but when I decided I'm coming out of this, I ripped my hands out of the window, looked down to the bone and fainted, split my glasses on the side of the uh, desk on my way down. And when I came to, my boss was very peacefully saying, put your feet on the floor, breathe deeply, you're going into shock. I'm going to do healing touch while the ambulance is coming. Put your feet on the floor. He was like guiding me through a mindfulness exercise to manage like the shock that I had, you know, all of like the injury and blood loss. And that was the day in my life that I've found out that um, there's such a thing as having a toxic can-do attitude, um, that I believe I can do everything, but doing everything by yourself can actually, uh, at work especially, end up working you into the hospital. And so that was also the first day that I experienced healing touch as a modality, and one of the, which is one of many energy work modalities out there. And as I was going through this and experiencing like, oh my gosh, the swelling was going down, watching him like without even touching me, like doing these like interesting hand motions. I had never seen anything like that before that opened up my curiosity about energy work and energy healing. And I also, it started my own healing journey around why do I work in a certain way that doesn't at all value me <laughs> and my health? Why do I push myself past the limit in order to show up for other people or to constantly, like if people ask, uh, ask me, do you need help with this? Blah, blah, blah. My automatic response is I got it. I got it. I got it. And that internal healing journey for me led me in the direction of Reiki, which is like, that was part of my own personal path for like learning to love myself again and healing my body and my energy and learning more about my body and my energy and learning to love myself. But at over the course of that spiritual journey, that's like my own spiritual healing journey, but coming from that awakening that I had by working myself into the hospital, I learned many things about myself. Like, for example, that my maternal grandfather, I never got to meet him because he worked himself to death. He actually dropped dead at work at 52 years old um, of a massive heart attack. He literally worked himself to death. He left his three girls orphaned because he wanted to be the best, right? Putting performance over health and well-being. And so that, like, I wanted to let you know that some of the, like, kind of scary <laughs> background that, like, brought me into learning more. Why do I value my energy? Why do I value living in a health-oriented way, especially at work? That's why I value it because, like, I not only myself have worked myself into the hospital, but I also come from a family that's also happened. I haven't even told you about with my parents. Both of them I've had to drive into the hospital for them stress induced blackouts because of their work, their jobs stressing them to the point where they black out and having that experience. So 
in the practice of Reiki, when you're learning it, I'm a Reiki master teacher four times over, certified. Um, and in the practice of Reiki, when you are learning it in a serious environment, you have to practice it regularly. And so you practice it on other people. And when I was practicing, I had strange experience. Oh, my gosh. Attracting people who, you know, Melissa, were they would resonate with my energy for whatever reason. I don't, I don't know why I was just, I was just practicing Reiki, practicing Reiki until finally I received some coaching and say, Hey, look at what is the common denominator? What do all of the people that keep being attracted to you as you're practicing Reiki, what do they all share in common? And to my surprise, all of them, all of the people who would come back for uh, to let me practice more Reiki with them, who were really enthusiastic about the insights and the healings that they would experience, who I really resonated with, 100% of them just so happened to be entrepreneurs. It was bizarre. For me, I'm like, I didn't know why at all. I, I had no idea. I was just, um, I'm doing, you know, the forms, the Reiki practices so that I can increase my skill. I didn't know that I was attracting entrepreneurs in particular. And so that initiated a whole nother um, spiritual and self-reflection journey of like, well, why? why is that? Why am I attracting these people? And come to find out, going on in the background that I just took for granted, I actually come from a family of entrepreneurs and business owners. I just thought that was what everyone, I didn't know that that wasn't normal, that everyone in your family has either a business of some kind or a side hustle. Like I thought that that was normal or that that is like a, a community leader. Like that's normal in my family, but that having that coaching of like, look at all, what is the similarity between all the people that you're attracting and finding out these are all entrepreneurs. So, okay, if they are just a reflection of me, what, what is going on in me that's creating this situation? Come to find out I learned more about myself <laughs> than I had ever known because of that. So to answer your question, like, I'm, I'm sorry if I overwhelmed you, Melissa, with this answer. but no, like, it was riveting. <laughs> <laughs> I have always been someone who's prioritized wellness. Well, at least what I understood about it at the time, which has definitely evolved. But now I live in a town where some of my conveniences just aren't as accessible as when I lived in LA. Then I found Aloe Moves and my whole experience changed. I've been an avid yogi for 16 years, but frankly, I am just underwhelmed by most online yoga. Their flows are either too easy or not varied enough. Well, Aloe Moves has everything. Of course, they have an endless selection of beginner content since that is the category most people fall into, but they even have advanced and yoga teacher focused content. They are the only online platform that I can find that I can narrow down the time that I'm looking for precisely. Like, I have 38 minutes today. What you got? <laughs> they have something for every mood. Trying to get a good sweat? Try their award-winning workouts like sweat-inducing yoga flows, hit classes, or reformer Pilates workouts with or without weights. Or find stress relief with meditations, affirmations, face yoga, gua sha, dry brushing, and even journaling for those quiet moments. And when it comes to sleep, it's just as important as fitness and nutrition. Ever since I watched The Art of Sleep on Aloe Moves, I've been falling asleep faster and staying asleep longer. So unlock your personal wellness routine with Aloe Moves. Go to alomoves.com now and use code MINDLOVE for an exclusive 30-day free trial and enjoy 20% off an annual membership. That's alomoves.com code MINDLOVE. alomoves.com code MINDLOVE. And now for another episode of Lies We've Been Told About Our Health We've all heard we need eight glasses of water a day, right? Well, hydration isn't actually about water intake. It's about the balance of water and electrolytes so that our bodies are actually absorbing the water instead of just passing it through. A lot of people go for those sugary sports drinks, but let's be real, those do more harm than good. I've found a better solution. Element. It's a zero-sugar electrolyte drink that's all about effective hydration. Each pack gives you essential electrolytes like sodium and potassium without the unnecessary additives found in other drinks. The team behind Element includes experts in biochemistry and nutrition, so they really know what they're doing. And it's not just for everyday use either. Elite athletes and teams... 
Olympic weightlifters, CrossFit champions, Navy SEALs all rely on it too, which to me says a lot about its effectiveness. Here's what makes them really unique. They recently launched a hot chocolate line with flavors like chocolate mint, chocolate chai, and chocolate raspberry. Ever since I went alcohol-free, I've been really intentional about luxurious, health-focused drinks so I can sit back and unwind while actually doing good for my body. And the Element Chocolate Chai is great for relaxing in the evening or warming up after winter sports. And you can try Element totally risk-free. If you don't like it, you'll get your money back, no questions asked. Receive a free Element sample pack with any order when you purchase through drinkelement.com slash mindlove. That's drinklmnt.com slash mindlove to get a free starter pack with any order. So this is exactly why I care about meditation and energy work and healing specifically for entrepreneurs and leaders is for one, I've worked myself into the hospital. I've lost family members to overworking, right? And and something about leadership and um, showing up to serve in the workplace, something about that in the social consciousness puts health last, like it just, just last, or it's not even on the list from at least where around where I come from. And that's why I value this so much. And then in the process of doing energy work, I, there's no such thing as coincidence. Looking back now, of course, I would attract entrepreneurs like CEOs and leaders. Of course, those would be the people who would vibrate with healing that toxic can-do attitude that can come uh, with being in the workplace. So, <laughs> so. I really loved what you said about, you know, these are the people that keep coming back. If these people are a reflection of me, what is this saying? And that's because that's something that you have to learn, that maybe your experience in life is a reflection of you. And it's not something that people intuitively know. How did you come to that realization? Was it previous training? Because, I mean, working in energy work, you've got to be on some sort of self-development. Like, my experience is a reflection of me. Or what was that realization like? Well, I will give credit where credit's due. I have magnificent teachers and mentors. I reek of my mentors. I just, <laughs> 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 you can, you can, their fragrance is all over me. <laughs> that phrase that's like, I, oh, I hate it. And it's so true of like, what is the pattern in me that is creating this situation? That came from one of my very first uh, spiritual teachers, Joanne Manzella, who used to do hand analysis for the FBI. Mm-hmm. And so I got like a palm reading from her, which is, uh, and it was just amazing, you know, to learn more about yourself, like really depth palm analysis. And Joanne Manzella, she was the one that initially said to me, when we were talking about different things that have been coming up in my life or bothering me or things that I don't like, et cetera, she's like, well, ask yourself, what is the pattern in me that is creating this situation? And I was so mad. I remember. (laughs) I was like, no, no, I want to blame something else, not me. I want to blame somebody else. This can't, like, no, no, this is not, not my fault. (laughs) <laughs> but it stayed with me. It stayed with me. It's been like about 20 years since she told me that initially. It's, it's, it's amazing how, how powerful that question can be. I like to think of question, powerful questions like that. I call them journey questions, where simply by asking that question, it opens up a whole another journey where the question is more important than the answer. Um, because there's so many answers that can come out of simply asking that question. So yeah, I, I love it. But that all credit where credit's due, that came from her. One of the questions that does that for me, that at least lately, it's always evolving. You know, like what hits me this year may not hit me at all next year, <laughs> but something else will. And so uh, the one that keeps coming up for me recently is why am I resisting this? And it's funny because this is something that worked for me years ago and then just fell off the wayside. But then lately, I don't know why I've had all sorts of resistance coming up. 
But I started to notice that the resistance itself was just becoming a pattern, <laughs> you know, like that in itself. So all these, like, uh, suddenly I was like disliking more things than I'm used to disliking. And then I was like, why, why? <laughs> I liked this stuff last year. And then I was like, wait, resistance itself is becoming a deeper neural pathway than it needs to be. So how can I yes and my life for the time being to counteract that? <laughs> yeah, that's so powerful. Because the words that we say shape our reality as if we are computers and the words that we are, are saying are the program and the command prompts that are bringing up the different programs that are expressed in the interface. Like to be able to yes and rather than but or should, <laughs> like rather than shooting on yourself, you're able to, to bring a yes and. It's much more inclusive and softens the blow. Whereas when we have those exclusives such as but or, we, we cut off the resource of the other side. Whereas when you're bringing in the yes and, you receive all resources and all opportunities available to you. I, I have a friend of mine, Andrew, dear friend of mine, who has a background in um, improv. And he says in improv, we always say, but and, but and. There is nothing is rejected in improv. Whenever things come up, nothing is rejected in improv. And that's how you keep the creative flow going. So if someone says, but, always say, but and, so that you can keep that creative banter or the joke or whatever continuing going rather than stopping the flow of the improv sketch. Mm -hmm. I went to a an improv class in LA years ago. Uh, well, actually, I did a few of them. When I first moved to LA, I did some improv because it was fun. And then I did uh, a, a workshop called Self-Improvement. And it basically brought out all of these improv tools, like the yes and, and there was, oh, there was a bunch of them that help you in your daily life. And I think about those. And it, and it doesn't even just have to be with my own internal issues, it helps even in my relationship with my husband. I'll notice sometimes like, is our communication like, you know, we, there's ebbs and flows. And sometimes like there was a period of time where we were both really stressed with having a new baby and like not sleeping much. And, and it was funny because our conversations, which is one of the reasons we fell in love, because our conversations could just flow. And like he might point out a sign over there and be like, what's with that logo? Or like, or like, yeah, they use that color. Or like something dumb will just like point at something. And then we'd end up building a whole story upon it. And we lost that for a period of time when we were stressed. And he took that workshop with me because one of my friends put it on. And I just said to him, we're not yes anding each other lately. We like I'll mention something and you'll look at me like why are you bringing that up and you'll say something and I'm like don't waste my time. <laughs> it was it was like a 2 week period we're both very sleep deprived but still we caught it early and I was like we need to just yes and each other. I miss our banter and then it oh, came right back to where it was but it made me realize like it was that that contrast that made me realize even what it was that was so special about our communication anyways and how we would just build upon what the other person was talking about, whether or not it had anything to do with me, it interested me in that moment, I could get myself to be interested. You know what I mean? Like like when you're talking to a child and they bring something up, you're not like, stupid story, Dylan. You know? you're, like, you're like, cool, I didn't know that about batteries, whatever it is, you just kind of go with it. And if we did that to each other more, I feel like we would, it, those, it's even things as simple as that, that builds the neural pathways of whether or not we're going to yes and everything else in our life, or we're going to just make resistance a habit. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's so powerful. <laughs> that is so powerful and so delicious. Um, to, I love this concept of you yes anding each other as its own verb. <laughs> <laughs> it's a thing. <laughs> and this like, communication, I feel, is an exchange of energy. It's a transference of energy. It's a sharing of energy. It's an exchange of energy. And for the areas I know in my life that I've felt have been challenged, 
uh, the most are the areas that when I step back and I look and I reflect, I see that it's actually because I am not communicating clear enough, right? Or I don't have the right tools that increase the flow and exchange, the positive exchange of energy between myself and whatever or whoever I'm interacting with. So ideas like that, such as yes anding, welcomes in um, lost energy resources is what I'm hearing from my spirit guides to say. It brings in whole new sources of energy to a part of life that may be depleted. In your example, Melissa, that could be with your, you know, with your marriage or uh, within yourself. I know for me, when I think of the areas of yes anding. Um, myself, just to embrace that expression um, that you create, I think is so beautiful. When I yes and myself, it's especially around um, working with uh, my teams, working with my teams. So this is a, a journey that I am um, currently on and has really, really, really challenged me to improve my communication skills right around being able to effectively convey what's the vision that I'm seeing so that they can see it through their eyes and being able to make sure that we're on the same page as well as speaking in a way that brings the best out of others as well as speaking in a way that brings the best out of me. And when I think about where am I, uh, where can I, yes and myself it's especially when I'm interacting with my team I've had no I'll be honest even more honest I have (laughs) (laughs) I have an issue with thinking that I I still do I still do have the issue of thinking that if it is to be it's up to me if I want it done right I got to do it myself and that as you know from my story now got me into the hospital so apparently (laughs) not the case and is um, a journey a spiritual journey that I'm on is opening up to receive more love support friendship etc and so the more that I'm able to communicate with others who are in alignment with helping me and the more that I'm able to receive their ideas as well as bring mine to the table the more we're able to achieve that state of flow, right? Or as we were talking about with improv, how things can just keep going, right? And being receptive. Nothing is rejected. Nothing is rejected. Dylan is not rejected because he likes bad. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice full circle moment. This is now a Seinfeld episode. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I've noticed, though, working with other people, I feel weird saying this, Melissa, but it's true, so I'll just say it, that I tend to inspire other people to have ideas. I just, for what, I I don't know what it is, other than, like, is it, like, ideas? Is it, like, stamped on my forehead or what? But I tend to trigger people to have ideas when they're talking with me, especially when they're on my team. And it's tough leading a team of people who keep coming up with ideas when you need them to do the things. And so to take full circle, especially the the yes ending, when someone has an idea, I don't want to reject it and be like, all right, let's get back to what we're actually doing here. Like kind of shut them down in their creative flow. My approach, and I would encourage if anyone else is having trouble, you know, receiving help too, whoever's listening to this, not just in the work context, but maybe in your relationship, your kids trying to help you given ideas all the time in the house. That when the the idea comes up, I have found that it works, saying yes and bringing back to the point rather than no, 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 let's not go there. Instead, let's focus on this. Instead of telling them no, let's focus on this, I've been substituting and I'm, I'm realizing this now as I'm saying this to you, Melissa, that instead of saying no, let's focus on this, it's yes and we're going, we're focusing on this. And it feels so much more inclusive and lighter. It's, it's like we've freed up the energy flow and kept it flowing between the two of us. And as a healer, I really, really value that. Americans spend an average of 90% of their time indoors and take about 20,000 breaths a day. 
And get this, the indoor air that we breathe is two to five times more polluted than outdoor air, and in some cases up to 100 times more polluted, according to the EPA. And did you know that air pollution is responsible for nearly 7 million premature deaths globally? So what's the solution? Two words, living intentionally. We have to take full responsibility for every area of our lives, including our health, which also includes our air. And that's why I love my air doctor. As a reminder, when you support my sponsors, you also support the show. Air Doctor filters out 99.99% of dangerous contaminants, so your lungs don't have to. This includes pollutants like allergens, pollen, pet dander, dust mites, spores, and even bacteria and viruses. I live in the mountains, and our air is pretty great. When I drive home, I can witness myself rising above the cloud of pollution that covers the rest of Southern California. But I know that even in the mountains, my home traps in the contaminants that my family brings inside. Plus, just sleeping one night with my air doctor, I could actually feel the difference. Air Doctor comes with a 30-day breathe-easy money-back guarantee, so if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund, minus shipping. So head to Air Doctor Pro and use promo code MIND, and depending on the model, you'll get up to $300 off. You're saving up to $300. Lock the special offer by going to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-P-R-O.com and use promo code MIND. That's promo code M-I-N-D. I had a realization recently about even yes-anding myself. Actually, I started doing this probably after that self-improvement, <laughs> noticing when the pattern shifted. And I noticed how often I'll say something in truth, like about myself, about something, but, and then I go on to something else. And it's like, is that but even necessary? And what I realized that the impact that it was making on my life, though, is that my whole life I felt misunderstood. I've always kind of felt like an outsider, like I didn't belong. It, I found a lot of healing and understanding of myself when I realized I was an empath. But and mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, uh, but I've always and <laughs> I'm all combobulated now. And I've always thought of myself as just very complicated. And before I used to think. You know, I'm not fixable back when I viewed myself as broken, back when that was one of my uh, self-beliefs. And the moment I started to and myself more often, listeners of this podcast, you will notice it in episodes now, the amount of times that I'll say something and then I'll, I'll say and really loud and then something else. And it might be contradictory, but it's not contradictory. And it's because we're not these singular, like simplistic people. We're all complex and multidimensional. That doesn't necessarily mean we're complicated unless you like that word, unless that word is helpful and empowering to you. But for me, it sort of felt disempowering. It felt like I was chaotic and that if because I was misunderstood, it was too hard to understand myself. But the moment I started viewing myself as multifaceted and multi-passionate and just complex instead of complicated, the words that felt empowering to me, and it might be different for somebody else, and I Anded that onto things like, yes, I am super basic in these ways. I like matcha lattes and yoga and dogs and Lululemon. Yes, and <laughs> also <laughs> all of these other things that make me unique. It just changed the way that I looked at myself. And so much is about that. It's like, like just analyzing the words that we use, whether we're talking about ourselves, other people, our relationship. And so I make a point of that pretty often now where I'll just sort of pause after I say something, especially if I feel on a soapbox and emotional about it, whether that's enthusiastic or passionate or angry or whatever, I'll take a moment of silence afterwards and just reflect back on what I said, because those are the things that are bringing up emotions. And those are the things that are more likely to manifest into my life. So I just said a bunch of stuff with a bunch of emotion. Now, can I reflect? What words did I use? And is that going to be something that's going to manifest something empowering or disempowering in my life. And sometimes I'll just reword it a little bit to feel better about it, to feel better after my soapbox speech so that I know I'm co-creating with the universe something positive instead of something negative. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is so juicy. Yeah, thank you. My spirit guides just said never too much. The idea of being <gasps> too much. <laughs> Hold on, I have chills all over my body right now because 
like two months ago, all of a sudden I had the idea for the book that I've been telling that everyone keeps telling me to like my whole life. People have been like, write a book. And then all of a sudden the name popped into my head like two months ago. And I decided I'm going to be calling it too much. (laughs) And then you just said never too much. And it's because I've always been chasing too much. I've always thought I was too much. And so my life is about healing the too much. And you just said that now I have chills all over my whole body. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, yeah, for everyone listening in, I've got like the home alone face on. <laughs> we go get Yeah. Wow. So the and I'm just so grateful to be guided by spirit and I'm honored um to get to be a force for confirmation, validation of guidance that you've already received. Um, a sign of really powerful guidance is that it comes from multiple sources on a continuous basis. Like there's something about spirit that when she speaks, it's in surround sound. And I love that. I love that. So I'm honored to get to be a part of that confirmation. But following with that idea of never too much. So my spirit guide said womanhood and femininity and feeling. There's something about having emotions, feeling, expressing and expressing with passion that is taught to us as human beings, not just as women, but people in general. We're taught that it's uncivilized to have too much feeling or that you're, you're being over the top or you're becoming rowdy if you get really passionate about something. You know, sit down, right? Uh, in kindergarten, it's just like, don't slap your neighbor. <laughs> don't don't try to eat the chalk. Like, I understand you're trying to have a sensual relationship with the items in your environment, but don't put it in your mouth. Like, there's, there's wisdom and love and protection in some of that, right? Protecting our neighbors from being slapped randomly, as well as protecting your digestive tract from having to deal with chalk. And what can happen, though, is that, like, deeper neural layers, the human animal becomes domesticated of my exuberance is dangerous. My enthusiasm is out of line, out of bounds. Like my, my passion is not passion. It's craziness or mania or weird. Like there's this self, um, self domestication that begins to happen um, in us as human animals that can take like a little bit of love and protection and take it all the way, all the way that, especially when I'm talking to to clients of mine, we talk about self silencing where it's like, I'm going to put myself down. I'm going to silence myself. I'm going to shut up before anyone tells me to, because that's like me being a good girl or a good boy, like, because I work with men as well. So this inner self-silencer or mute button that we'll apply to ourselves to manage this um, image of being too much. Have you seen that or in yourself or in others? Like, you tell me, Melissa. <laughs> it's all the things. I have always been a rebel. And so my one of my old best friends was a uh, she was telling me, she was one of the first people to talk about the good girl mentality. And I was like, I don't understand. <laughs> you know, if you tell me this is how I'm a good girl, I'm going to do the other thing. <laughs> and, <laughs> and also it's specific situations that bring out different sides of me. I remember specifically the first, my first memory of feeling absolute utter shame was on a playground as a child I was at a new school. I was always at new schools. I moved schools a lot. And I would meet, I learned to meet friends pretty quickly because I was moving schools a lot. And this little girl, Gabrielle, mind you, we're in first grade. She goes, calm down, Melissa. You're too hyper. What first grader tells another kid they're hyper? Now looking back, that's probably something they heard at home. But I'm like, aren't we all hyper? Like, how are you so calm? Like, I've got all this wired energy running through me. But I remember I was just like happy to be around them. And I immediately shrunk. Like, I shrunk down. I stepped away from the circle. And so there's moments that bring out that moment. It ties back to that moment. And so when it's in a professional setting or like... I don't know. There's a lot of situations where I feel confident in what I'm going to say, but there's other situations where I 
there's just something specific about the friendship setting and it tends to be more casual settings. And it's when somebody kind of harps on me trying to be center of attention or trying to be, or I like too much energy in that way. For some reason, I, I will feel that shame bubble back up and I've done a lot of work on it. So it doesn't affect me quite as much as it did before. But, uh, I know that it's, I know that it's there and there's that pain point from that one moment. As a little kid, I should find her on Facebook and be like, you ruined me, Gabby. <laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding. You're fine, Gabby, if you're out there. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. And oh, my God, shame. Yeah. What the heck? Um, how we manage one another as a herd of human animals. Like, this is how I care for you. This is how I care for us as a social group, is I make myself and you and everyone feel shame according to some externally defined um, set measuring system of, like, good, hyper, ridiculous, or not enough, which is the opposite of being too much, right? So you're not bringing enough energy. Why aren't you smiling? Why aren't you happy, Susan? Right? Why aren't you surprised? This social consciousness of the uh, domesticated version of, of us as human animals. And I'm just, as I bring this up, as we look at this together, as we, as we bring this up, I just want to surround that with healing light because I feel that especially within the last few years, not just from COVID, um, from many things that have been going on in social consciousness, that there's an awareness around why are we upholding outdated and obsolete standards for one another. So whether we're looking at LGBTQ plus rights or whether we're looking at diversity, quality, and inclusion in the workplace, or as we're working at looking at work-life balance, work-home balance. There's been more and more questioning of why are we upholding obsolete standards? You know, for me personally, I really had an awakening around this when I decided to go and study um, with Regina Thomas Hours, one of my teachers, because I personally, um, because of my, uh, like I've been assaulted in the past and I know uh, that you're, you know, what that's like, I stopped feeling. Like, me having feeling uh, would trigger those parts of me that I thought were too visible and open to attack. And so when I work, went to work with Regina, I learned about the, like moving through life in the feminine versus moving through life in the masculine. And the masculine, how the masculine responds to trauma is either it attacks or shuts down like a clam, just like whoosh, clams shut. And rather than going into attack mode, I personally went into clam mode, like clamshell mode. Whoop. All right, so bad things happen if you're open. So rather than opening and becoming more aggressive in the masculine, I'm going to do the opposite. I'm going to shut down and clam close and it really manifested in my body Melissa like in um, TMJ temporal mandibular joint uh, disorder like the stress of the grinding whenever of my teeth whenever I would have emotion or feeling or I would suck my grief or anger down because I'm not supposed to have grief and anger because other people in my life have grief and anger and theirs is more important than mine as an empath everybody's feelings I absorb and therefore feelings are dangerous. So I'm not going to have feelings because I don't want to be a dangerous person, right? All of the story that I'm telling myself as an empath of the self-silencer, the self-silencer, turning it up um, all the way. And then studying with Regina, um, like I learned that that's part of my intuitive masculine, just trying to desperately protect me after a great shock, right? Or, or, or an intense pain. Whereas there's also the feminine at the same time wanting to express, wanting to come out. And if you're open to it and understanding of how the feminine works, that you can achieve a level of expression that actually protects you. Rather than feeling like my emotions 
are something that makes me dangerous or an annoying or too much or, or uh, taking up too much space kind of person. Instead, my expression protects the level of quality and value going on for everyone, myself included. And bringing my expression, bringing my feelings adds color, adds um, preciousness, adds value and direction to our exchange, whether it's me and, you know, an intimate partner or me and my, my team or me and my clients, me and my parents, etc. that my feelings have value. It's not that you shouldn't have feelings and that makes you a safe person, but instead leaning into and allowing for feelings in a conscious way makes everyone have permission to be passionate and feeling people. And that creates the container for safety. Like I used to think that being a safe person to be around is having no feelings. But now I understand that I'm hiding the truth. And that essentially is much more dangerous than concealing my my raw emotion or my raw feelings. And oddly enough, I'm, I'm so grateful. I've manifested people um, in my life who now they want to know how I feel like that the people who haven't been able to handle how I feel have been effectively repelled by me. <laughs> <laughs> but now the people who are here are like, all right, tell me what's really on your mind. And, and they'll cry with me rather than being like, all right, that's enough of that. That's ridiculous. You know, or right. like, yeah, I went through the same thing for so long. Like that's why I, I, was just telling one of my friends that for so many years I felt like I was chasing, I was running from something. And things started to change in my life when I felt like I was running towards something. But then I started finding myself when I started just being in that in-between and <laughs> being okay with that journey with like the here and the now. And I started to understand my emotions in a new way from many mentors, from books, from people I've interviewed. Well, it was kind of before the interview started, but I had never even thought of the idea that possibly emotions could be guidance in a way. That maybe this is what my body needs at this moment. <laughs> so suppressing all of my emotions is a really effective way to suppress all of my inner guidance. And then I wondered why I felt so lost. Not only so lost, but I would just sort of blend into the lives of the people around me. So I'd have a new boyfriend and suddenly all his friends were my friends, his hobbies were my friends. I'd have a new clique and the, I was just always at their house. No one ever came to mine. I kept my place like this secret safe place and I wasn't shy at all. I'd just go into other people's zones and all of a sudden be a big semi version of them <laughs> for years. And so when I, it, like the process of healing from my own trauma was actually just the process of understanding who I am, how to listen to my guidance, how to follow it, uh, and how to do that while also not closing myself off. Because I think I went in, in an evolution of, you touched on it earlier about not being able to receive or ask for help and do everything myself. And that was my protective mechanism. I was like, okay, I did everything for everyone else too much. Now it's just me. This is just my, my opinion, whatever. Like I have to do it on my own. I'm not bringing anybody else in because once I bring somebody else in, it was the same hurt as when that one boyfriend broke up with me and all his friends were my friends and I had to rebuild my whole life. And so now if I protect what's mine and, and it's just mine, then nobody else, if somebody moves on with their life, they're not taking a piece of me with them is how I viewed it. Not realizing that we're all just kind of, we're all influenced by each other. We're all pieces of each other. You know, we're pieces of the collective. We are an aspect of the collective itself. And so I wanted to kind of bring that back because I had this specific moment of when I remember going to the grocery store with my mom when I was a teenager and she had to like get a lotto ticket for my stepdad and she called him and she was like, how do I do this lotto machine? I was like, mom, it's a step-by-step -step lotto machine that like 95 year old women can do. Like, why can't you do it? Like you have to call him. Like you are now in a relationship and you've asked for help too many times that you can't do anything on your own. And I remember feeling ashamed for her. And it was one of the moments <laughs> in my life that I was like, this is why I don't ask for help from anybody. <laughs> <laughs> because I don't want to be, get to a place where I am reliant on other people or they take things from me. And so I know there's a lot with what I just spilled out there, but how do you 
protect your energy and keep that authentic version of you while still meshing your energy with everybody else because that is what the joy of life is. (laughs) Oh, I love this question. Yeah, yeah. This is so powerful. And that was, yes, that was a lot and it was fabulous. So I just want to... (laughs) I know that was a lot. Was it us. was it too much, Victoria? <laughs> Just kidding. No, 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 no. <laughs> oh, um, who would dare tell a waterfall you're spouting too much water? Oh. No, what a blessing! What a blessing! So much nourishment that pours from you and from truth. Right when we're in our truth, and with that question, so how do we? With the word that dropped in 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 response to what you asked was the word grounding, like. How do we preserve our authentic selves while also meshing and interplaying with others' energy constantly? Is having an awareness of what is grounding in general, right? Knowing what grounding is in general, and then especially having a practice, like a personal practice of knowing how to ground oneself that's integrated, not like, um, you know, I first when I was first studying Reiki, I remember uh, one of my masters would say, "You put your shields up in the morning, and then at night you put your shields up again, and then that was it." It was like, <laughs> "What about the rest of the day? Like, where'd the shields go? Like, they what am I? And every single day I'm supposed to like do this? This is crazy." And I came across one of my friends who like. Uh, does different forms of advanced energy work and magic and he's like I don't know like why don't you just make one uh, a shield that programs and sets itself up and then le- and like plug it into a source bigger than you so that it can just keep going I'm thank you right <laughs> in line so that li- like with that understanding how to like how to ground there's one there are many different methods for grounding and but at the same time, for some of us, like we need to know what does grounding mean to me? And for, for me, the more especially as an empath, especially as an empath, I had to learn about grounding like electrical engineer style of like, okay, let me look at circuitry and how there's in electrical engineering that's where the word grounding comes from. It doesn't just come like out of Reiki or any of the energy arts. It actually comes from electrical engineering. And that in circuitry, right, so this is how it works. In the wall, we have our sockets that you plug into in order to get electricity. And electricity is the transference of energy. Energy is the capacity to do work. So in every socket, there's like two prongs and then hopefully a third on the bottom. The two prongs are the positive and the negative currents. And then the prong on the bottom is the ground. Anyone who studies electrical engineering knows that if you don't have that third one, you cannot take high capacity. You cannot take high capacity. If lightning strikes, your whole system will pop. So what does lightning strike meaning in metaphorically in our lives? Positive lightning. A whole new level of your business opens up. Or here comes your ma- your the love of your life, etc. Something amazing happens. Or you win the lottery, right? Positive lightning can strike. Do you have the capacity for that high of an upgrade or are you going to get overwhelmed? Like many people get cursed by winning the lottery. Or when they manifest the love of their life, they're like, oh, but I, I don't have time for that because I got to go over here, right? Blah, blah, blah. So there's positive lightning that can strike in our lives that pops our energetic system. And then there's also negative lightning that can strike in our lives. Same way, like if it hits the um, the house, if you don't have a grounded electrical grid, the, the light bulbs might pop. I've had that happen. I remember in the dorm room back when I was at Rutgers, like I had a light bulb explode because it wasn't grounded. So with negative lightning, somebody dies or you get sick or hello, global pandemic, right? And you're trying to have a business and oh, how about a nice like global pandemic to screw you up? Like negative lightning can strike, but what happens? Are you able to still function or are you going in total shutdown? If you only have the top two prongs of a, of a given like plug, you know, like if you're plugging in your cell phone, your cell phone's not designed for high capacity. The most powerful devices in the house 
they'll have that three prong, like your fridge or your washer dryer, your wet dry vac or something like your snow plow, whatever, something high powered has the three prongs because of that bottom one. And the bottom one is the ground, which literally is a metal bar that threads to a metal thread that threads throughout the house to another metal bar that sticks in the what? The ground. The dirt. This is connection to neutral. So the earth in electrical engineering is the largest ground, the largest neutral, period. Like, that's why when lightning strikes the earth, eh, it's fine. It's fine because the earth is huge. It has no problem taking massive, massive jolts of energy. And if you didn't know that there is both positive and negative lightning, there actually is. Positive lightning comes from the top of the thundercloud. Negative lightning comes from the bottom. So I just going to put that on the side. But anyway, so the earth is the largest ground in electrical engineering. That's why we have that third prong. And that's why for the things that pull the most amps, aka pull the most energy or do the most work, they have to have that third prong or else they'll pop the entire energy system. But if you're connected to the ground, connected to your neutral, right, if we think of this metaphorically, spiritually, if you know how to get to your neutral state where you're like, okay, I just hit the lottery. Hmm. I'm really happy and I'm okay. I know exactly what to do with this money. I have these offshore accounts. I have this person on speed dial who's amazing at investments. I have so-and-so who's won the lottery before. I can talk to them like, Boom, massive positive lightning, but it knows exactly where to go versus, woo, I just hit the lottery. I'm going to spend it all. Yeah, like that kind of freak out or, oh, my God, I just hit the lottery. I've met a guy um, who this happened to. I just hit the lottery. I'm officially terrified of people. I got <laughs> I got it. Like he was, he was, he was very, very like pathologically anxious ever since he hit the lottery. My God. But be kind to yourself. If you don't have a connection to your neutral, it only comes from being in the practice of it. So people like you and I, Melissa, have been hit by positive and negative lightning. We've been hit by that. We've been through some stuff. And because of that, that forced us to consider how can I come back? How can I be resilient? How can I find a space of empowerment or self-love or peace of mind again? We've been forced to by being hit by the lightning to consider this. But if anyone um, is listening in and hasn't learned about how to ground yourself, now's the time. I mean, I highly recommend if you want to have a sense of being your most authentic self and being expressive and connecting and intercoursing with everyone, um, interfacing, intercoursing, because intercourse means communication, not just you. Uh, <laughs> so the more that you're able to have your sense of self, your truth, your neutral, your natural state, be connected to your own inner earth, your inner ground, the more you'll have no problem going out there and playing with whatever energy, whatever's being thrown your ways, because you have that connection to your neutral, which is being grounded. And that's actually why I wrote um, my book, Natural Intuition Now, because uh, like the whole book, even though it's really short, it's really short, the whole book's dedicated to what the heck is grounding. Because I'm like, if I die today, I want to at least leave behind an explanation of this. <laughs> one thing changed my life, and I know the lives of um, people in my life who I care about or shared it with. Mm -hmm. That was the coolest story to end on. <laughs> I just learned so much about actual energy. I think we often hear about something in one aspect and forget that, you know, energy is the same regardless of which field of study that you're in. And, and we're like, oh, well, this is just the woo-woo energy. And a lot of people are like, I could take that or leave it. It's not even really real if I don't believe it. <laughs> you know. And it's like, no, but this is how it works. Like this plug goes to the dirt. Put your feet on the ground. Like one of my friends was just making, no, my mom, my own mom was making fun of me because she said something and I was like, you should walk barefoot in the ground. And she's like, I don't believe in that kind of thing. I was like, I don't know what you're talking Okay. <laughs> she was mad at me that day. So everything was coming out. But 
right? So anyways, thank you so much for all of the wisdom that you and your spirit guides who made an appearance in this episode brought to us today. For listeners that are interested in learning more about you, where's the best place for them to connect with you online? Yeah. So the best place to find more, especially because you're listening to a podcast right now, is at my website, victoriawhitfield.com forward slash podcast. So you go there to victoriawhitfield.com forward slash podcast. There's all the freebies that I have as gifts and goodies for podcast listeners. Like that's the best front door for my podcast listeners to come to. All the links for this episode will be at mindlove.com slash 218. I bet you know what your challenge this week is going to be. Yep, you're going to try some grounding activities. My absolute favorite one is just simply walking on the ground barefoot. I did this a lot at the beginning of the lockdowns. <laughs> I felt like I was going crazy with everything happening around me. So I would walk my dog and I would just walk in the grass I'd walk really slowly so I could intentionally focus on my feet hitting the ground, absorbing that grounding energy or releasing my energy into the ground, into the source of it all. When I really need something extra, I'd get on my hands and knees and put my hands in the ground as well. I actually learned this from doing mushrooms at festivals. <laughs> if you get too in your head or you feel yourself losing reality, they say to put your feet and hands on the ground and possibly eat some root vegetables. Well, I am not getting that out of control anymore, but sometimes shit feels crazy anyways. So it works for me. But let me know which grounding exercise you choose. Leave a comment on this show notes page at mindlove.com slash 218 or reach out to me on Instagram at mindlovemelissa. If you love this show, please consider leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It's a great way to boost my rankings a little bit, to attract even more amazing guests. And I just love reading them. It's my favorite way to hear from you is through a five-star review. <laughs> Other ways to support the show are by joining Mind Love Premium. You can do that at mindlove.com slash premium or supporting one of my amazing sponsors. And that's all for today. So thanks for giving your mind a little love today and I'll see you next week. Thanks for tuning into your higher frequency with Mind Love. Head to mindlove.com for a free gift to keep your vibes up until next week. 